show. I'm Amanda Seals. And boy, oh boy, it is Thursday, September 21st. That means it is group chat Thursday. That's right. And, uh, you know, we're going to chat. That's how it's going to go down. We're going to be chatting about a number of things. It's also World Gratitude Day. Mm. World Gratitude Day. Such an important part of just living is being grateful mm-hmm. and uh, showing gratitude, giving gratitude, living in gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times um, it may take some time for folks to like understand that like being in gratitude doesn't mean being in servitude, like et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I know it took me a minute to really grasp you know, kind of just like what that what what the gratefulness really means, and that mm-hmm. you can be grateful to people, you can be grateful to God, you can be grateful to your friends, to your pets, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But honestly, it's really just the the mind state of appreciation, and right. when you are appreciative of the things that are coming your way, whether they're good or bad, it just also helps your mind just be in like a greater mind state a higher vibration so it is world gratitude day it is also national chai day and i am grateful for chai tea Uh, so (laughs) there's that what do we got coming up today on group chat thursday we have a lot of great topics like you mentioned we gotta talk about the viral clip of tyler perry saying that black women should be open to dating men even if they don't even if they make more money than he does also music and culture there's a big generation even if Oh, even if the women make more money than the men. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I was like, what also, men are making more money than Tyler Perry? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> not not many, um, which is why he made the clip. Um, also, music and culture, there's a big generational gap that's happening between the young folks and the old folks when it comes to culture. And we're going to bridge that gap. We're talking about why there's such a chasm. Also, does the voice mean failure? There's a lot of announcements that happened this week about people breaking up after years of love. So we'll get into that as well. Years of love, you know, call it growth. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really kind of what ends up happening. You know, sometimes you grow apart. Sometimes you grow, you grow out of things. But uh, nonetheless, we hope that everyone is growing up. All right. And uh, we hope that you all are growing closer to what uh, we are doing here at the show, because we're going to keep on doing it. And we'll be doing it when we get back. We're going to be listening, laughing and learning. So keep it luck right here to the Amanda Seal Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It is the Amanda Seals. Oh, it's me right here. Um, and <laughs> so Tyler Perry, uh, who, yes. <laughs> you know, Tyler Perry has made a career of, uh, you know, doing films that, that really center black women. I mean, for, mm-hmm. for what it's worth. I mean, whether he's yeah. playing one and Medea or mm-hmm. whether it stars, you know, Kimberly Elise or mm-hmm. uh, Taraji P. Henson or mm-hmm. um, has a cameo from Kim Kardashian. I mean, there's <laughs> just a myriad of plays and shows that Tyler Perry has produced that. Are, and then, of course, the TV shows can forget those like have, right. and have nots, I think, is one of them. Right. Um, yes. Etc. So I, though, have never heard him actually speak on women in relationships like through his own you know mouth other than Mm -hmm. through his work but he was speaking this week and boy oh boy people had something to say about it but let's hear what he had to say listen a a lot of women especially black women and Mm -hmm. i'm probably getting trouble for saying this but i will in (laughs) the in in our society right now Black women are making a lot more money for the most part than yeah. black men, right? There are a lot of black men who are successful, but for the most part, black women are making the money. So you, if you can find love, if that man works 
you know, at whatever job mm-hmm. and is a good man and is good to you mm-hmm. and honors and honors the house and honors his wife and does what he can mm-hmm. because his his gift may not be your gift. Exactly. That is okay. Mm-hmm. That's not somebody who's beneath you. Yeah. That's somebody who came to love you at your work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And as long as he's secure in himself to mm-hmm. know that, yep, she makes most of the money. All I can pay is the light bill. As long as she's comfortable enough to say, I'm going to cover the mortgage and all the other stuff. You can't the light bill. Baby, you can take me to dinner every now and then. Mm-hmm. That is fine. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's so hard for a lot of people to take in because that means, no, no, no. I need somebody to, who is, <laughs> I need, I, they need to make five times more and I got to have, the, I got to have, well, you uh-huh. keep, but go on, keep, keep, looking, go on keep your list, baby. Yeah. God, God bless you. Hope it happens. Go on, keep your list. I don't think he should talk about oh. stuff like this because I don't feel like he, He has not been transparent about his own relationships, uh, about his own love life. So Mm -hmm. there isn't any real way to understand like the legitimacy of even his like opinion being value valuable. Okay. That's Um, fair. fair. And so I think it was very out of left field. Also, it's like, no, black women aren't making more money than black men (laughs) in America. There is actually still a, a, a very large yay wide gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe when your best friend is Oprah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to give you a different, a different change <laughs> of reference. Yeah. Just a different frame of reference. A different right. frame of reference. Um, that being said, I do feel like there is, um, something valuable in what he's saying, but I don't think he's saying it to the, to the right audience for what okay. it's worth. I feel like, the women that I know that are the 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 breadwinners in their mm-hmm. homes, um, the issue is not them feeling like, damn, like why I need a man that makes more money than me. The issue okay. is the men being like, damn, she makes more money than me. That's okay. That's who. That's what I have witnessed individually, and that's what I have also witnessed uh, tangentially to my friends. There is a constant. Uh, resurfacing of this damn social construct that says that men should be the providers and that Mm -hmm. providing is solely related to finances. And then there's this idea that even if you are the person who makes the bread in the home, that the man should quote unquote, still be the head of household. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to come back and just talk about what head of household means, because I think that we've gotten to a point where there's like a general cultural expectation of this. But a lot of times it's really coming out of patriarchy and like (laughs) traditional Christian values that actually Uh aren't aligned with what's actually taking place today. So we'll come right back to talk about that here at the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here on a group chat Thursday. You know, Tyler Perry was out here talking about relationships and he said that mm-hmm. he just feels that he just feels that women need to be <laughs> content. <laughs> content with, you know, if you have a man that is not making as much money than you, then, you know, and he's still like down to like take care of the house and, mm-hmm. you know, basically just be a present partner. Um, then the the amount of money he's making, don't let that get in the way of like your love. Right. And 
You know, I, I thought that was really interesting that he said that because I feel like the experience that I have had is that it isn't the women that are having the issue with that. It's more so the men that I see that are having an mm, issue with this. Uh, okay. And, you know, when it also boils down to it, um, you really can only do so much. Like as a person in a relationship, like you mm. are going to bring what you bring. The other person is going to bring what they bring. But there's right. this concept of head of household that right. continues to loom. And it's this idea that there has to be a head of household. And that and you, thing. And you don't, think there has to be one, you don't think there has to be one in like the way we the way we've known it to be. No, I think patriarchy is what made that the way that we've known it to be. This idea right. that women need to be corralled and mm -hmm. made that women are weak. I mean, for all intents and purposes, women by and large in many cultures have simply just been muscled into fruit, into submission. Like right. it wasn't because they were not as smart or not as capable. It was mm -hmm. just that the way that physiology, physiologically we were made, men had more physical strength in a lot of cases. And so they could just muscle women into submission the same mm -hmm. way that we're seeing police muscle communities into submission. It's not because right. they're smarter. It's not because they're more experienced. These policemen, it's not because they have any greater level of morality. No, they have a gun. <laughs> they have a gun. And so they're able to just muscle people into fruition, into submission. So when I talk about the head of household thing, I'm just like, listen to each your own. But at the end of the day, especially if somebody is like the breadwinner monetarily to mm -hmm. expect that they should still then be looking to the other person to make decisions about how that money is spent is crazy to me. So do you think we because should, nine guess, times out of 10, their skill set is not in money management, which is why mm -hmm. they don't have money. Right. I guess it's the point to be made too. I guess that we don't even necessarily even need to structure our families or households with the idea of like there being a leader in general, like one one leader. Like you're the leader of this house versus we're we're both here to contribute to this household in this relationship in equal parts. Exactly. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this whole household thing is something that we're all have different versions of now we mm. talk about polyamory and all this other stuff oh. like the, <laughs> the household quote-unquote doesn't look the way that it used to look just on like a normal mm. basis right so i know that when i was in my relationship like i have my strengths he had his strengths and i was constantly trying to really drive home the fact that like I really want you to like, ex like shine in your strengths. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, I don't think I know everything. I don't, I know that I know that I don't know everything. Right. right I don't think right. I'm better at, I, I don't think I'm the, the best at everything. Um, and so like when we combine like, like, uh, Thundercats, <laughs> it's it just, it's, it's like, it's like Voltron, I should say, not Thundercats. When we combine okay. like Voltron, I know Supreme was over there like, no, it's Voltron. <laughs> when we, my fellow uh, 90s baby, 80, well, my 90s child, 81 baby, 80s baby. Um, but when you combine, like you just have so much more of a powerful way to move through the world, which is why when we talk about, like Malcolm X would talk about the fact that the, the way that the world is structured, it's not utilizing half over half of its people by keeping women under submission. That's true. It takes so, everybody to, to succeed. I just feel very strongly about this because I feel like it really holds us back.
particularly the black community, like black women have for so long been, you know, at the at the at the helm of movement of change, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then, you mm-hmm. know, these white folks saw that. And so they kept black men out of the house, households during, you know, welfare reform and made it so that if you have a man in the home, you can't get government assistance. That right. was by design. That was to break up the black family. That was to, uh, you know, basically ostracize us from each other. And so we need to actively come back together. Uh, Amen. And so that's how I just feel about that, y'all. Call me up, 1-855-AMANDA-8. I know there's men listening that have very strong feelings about this. Call me up, call me up, <laughs> 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. The bottom line, though, is that if you don't have your own self-confidence, you're not going to work in any household. Uh, because ultimately, if you if you have that insecurity, you're going to be the head of a household and putting everybody through terror. So we'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show with the six second headlines. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here, and it is time that we launch into some 60 second headlines. Jeremiah, like the Bible, tell them what it is. All right, first up, the trial on the death of Elijah McClain, who was injected with ketamine while in a police show code, will begin. What? Mm-hmm. Listen, I can't even keep up at this point with the mm-hmm. mayhem. He was injected with ketamine. Mm-hmm. By who? The police. Why did they have ketamine on them? Great question. The people would love to know. Why, why, why? Like, who just casually has ketamine? Like, oh, let me get my... It's not like it's an EpiPen. All right, <laughs> moving on. Also, a street corner in New York City's Lower East Side is officially named after the legendary group Beastie Boys. The street will be named Beastie Boys Square. Listen, I'm a BC Boys fan. Shout to MCA. Shout to Adam Yock. Shout to Mike D. Big, huge fan. Three MCs and one DJ. Okay, let me not get started. Keep going. Also, basketball star Bronny James and football star Shadur Sanders score the top two spots of the highest paid college athletes. The ones who need the money the least. Carry on. Mm, yes. <laughs> also, a new P- PNAS journal study finds that working remotely full-time can actually reduce the daily carbon footprint by up to 54% compared to working on-site. In today's water is wet news. Like, yes. <laughs> Turn these office buildings into housing. What are Ooh. we doing? <laughs> that's good. What and are lastly, we doing? Amid Sorry, the that's le- just, I feel like that's yeah. such a common sense, like, <laughs> do this and do this. Go ahead. <laughs> No, you're real. Um, and after a mid to late summer uptick in COVID cases, they're starting to level off now in some areas of the country. So good news. Listen, it was getting real sketch master 2000 mm-hmm. out here. Super sonic sketchy, super sonic sketchy. So thankfully that is the case. Is that going to stop me from wearing my mask on a plane? Absolutely not. Nope. Don't do it. Still doing it. Still doing it. That's six second headlines. We'll be right back with Jeremiah, like the Bible's most likely to right here on the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We are. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and it is time for Jeremiah like the Bible to give us a seal show superlative. It's most likely to. All right, y'all. I had to keep this in like the chamber. I was waiting to talk about this. So today's seal show superlative is most likely to be the black Clark Kent. And it goes to none other than Jonathan Majors. Because if you don't know, 
last week, last week, he was on his way to In N Out, apparently. Mm-hmm. But stopped Amanda. He had to stop on the way to get his animal fries to break up a fight at a local high school at Hollywood High. What? He just happened to be stumbling fast the bra between two um, young ladies, and he came and stopped it, Amanda. He parted the two, like Moses parted the Red Sea, with his paperboy cat. Because he couldn't take the violence of the youth. Did he have the paperboy cap? He did have the paperboy oh cap. My God. Did he have a cup in his hand? He did. He might have a cup in the car. I don't mm-hmm. know. You can't break up a fight with a cup in your hand. You got to. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe he has some skill with the cup. Um, But the funny part about this is, because, you know, obviously he has his legal battle that's going on. He's been in court. Megan Good, his girlfriend, has been there with him as well. She's received a social superlative in the past. Um, the, the internet thought this was a hoax. They said this is a setup. Because why have you I just happened to be walking by a school and the fight just happens to be um, in progress and you just happen to break up the fight in the midst of your, you know, court case, your court um, dealings. But his lawyer, and he said the allegations of the PR stunts are false. It really was a real fight. And he really wanted to, like, you know, stop this because he couldn't take the um, the violence. I'm just trying did. to understand. How did he know the fight was happening? I guess he was driving by, like, driving by this because it was like an outdoor fight. Like an awning, a pavilion? Yeah, it's like a pavilion. So you could, like, see them outside. People recording it. I'm also like, the, so he just happened to record on the phone. I'm not saying it's a PR sentiment. Sound like that's what you're saying. I'm just saying, you know, the timing of it all is real convenient if you're on your way to in and out If you're on your way to in and out I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But well, you know. you know what? There's no wrong reason to do right. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he showed the, the video to the judge and like, look at me, look, yeah, every your everyday black Clark Kent. I don't fight. I break up fights. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. All right. Well, that's most likely to right here on the Amanda Seal Show. I wonder if he has like special glasses that he put on <laughs> to Clark Kent it. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. Show it's your girl Amanda Seals here at the Amanda Seals Show. Let me give myself an applause. Yay! Happy Thursday. We're inching closer and closer and closer to the weekend. If today's your birthday, happy birthday. I hate that I laughed that it's Jason Derulo's birthday. Jason Derulo, <laughs> just as a person, like just his existence makes me laugh. And that's you know, that's that's what it is. What do we got coming up on our topics this hour for group chat Thursday? Well, you know, the kids love Jason Derulo because he's on TikTok. So we're going to talk about, you know, the, the chasm between the younger generation and the older generation when it comes to music and pop culture. And why does the culture gap exist in the first place? You know, back in the day, we were forced to listen to our parents' music, but not so much now. And also, is the rap music even appropriate for the kids? We're going to get into it this hour. You know, once upon a time, it was like, you know, you you were used to sitting in the car with your parents and mm-hmm. listening to whatever they had on. And that's how mm-hmm. so many of us learned, you know, the music. Um, but baby, those those days are different when what the song is, is uh, you the five, want you back that, call me big daddy, <laughs> want you. You know, I actually saw a video on Instagram where this woman was in the car with her son and she was playing um like the 10 crack commandments oh, and her okay. son is like in a car seat 
So he's like four, three or four. And she like tapes him saying like some curse word that Biggie says. And then it's like, I caught you. It's like, no, we caught you. (laughs) You didn't catch anybody. You actually told on yourself. Why are you playing 10 crack commandments in the car with your four year old? But you know what? He's going to know the hits. He's going to know the hits. Because if she's playing that, she's also playing Blanca's Ain't, but culture, culture. All right, we'll be right back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seal Show. Remember, if you miss any of the show, you can catch it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give us a call 1 855 262 6328 or 1 855 Amanda 8. That's easier to remember. Some days my brain literally is like, I don't got it. I don't got it today. All right, I don't got the number. I don't have it. But we do have uh, a lot of time to listen, laugh, and learn. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. Let's get into this group chat. The culture gap mm-hmm. is wide. Try to tell me she had version with a yay wide gap. It's wide. <laughs> it's it's it, in some in some ways it's chasmic. Okay, but you know mm-hmm. what? I don't think this is new. Um, it's always no. kind of been an issue. Yeah, like if you think about like. In the uh, turn of the century, like in the 20s, uh, during the Harlem Renaissance, like there was a Mm -hmm. whole very large culture. I'm sorry, not culture, but a very large um, culture gap with the generation gap, I should say, with the old Negroes and the new Negroes. You know, you had the old Negroes like County Cullen, who were like respectability project. uh, Sorry, respectability politics all the way, Mm -hmm. all the way. Um, And then you had the new Negroes like Langston Hughes, who was like, if you don't cut out trying (laughs) to make these crackers like you, like that's what he was really on. So I thought that was, um, you know, telling because I think we're in a similar space right now where there definitely is a generation gap. But the culture is also a part of that because of a number of things. So, first of all, like technology. Um, yeah, that's I just watched the I, I just watched an Abbott Elementary episode where they talked about like the teachers getting new technology and how Barbara was like really, really struggling with right. the iPad. And right. But that's like very real. And you know, trying it to teach your parents. It, yeah, of course. Of course. It separates us. It also, um, it makes people feel left out. Like when they talk about how so many of the baby boomers are following Fox news and really believing what they're saying, it's because so many of them are also just feeling like left out and Facebook. left behind. <laughs> even you talked about it earlier this week, I believe you, you were talking about how you had something on DVD, but even that, like certain things aren't even accessible in the digital oh, era. Cosby. So you can't Cosby even show. like sh- the Cosby show. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have like a VHS, uh, <laughs> uh, DVD player, yeah. you can't even watch certain things anymore. You know, I actually um, one I, I said earlier this week that one of my criteria for dating somebody was they needed to know all four members. I mean, all five Cosby kids. Mm-hmm. One of the other secondary criteria was you need to have seen the Cosby show before it was in syndication. So that uh, was an age level situation. <laughs> right. Like you need to have seen it when it aired on Thursday night at 8 p.m. on NBC. Um, right. Very important. <laughs> but I say all that to say that we started this conversation because I was saying how like I did smart funny in black at Hofstra university the other day. And there were so many of the kids that just did not know the music. And I felt like, well, dang, like I really knew like older music when I was their age, but then our engineer Supreme brought up a very, very valid point. And I'm going to tell y'all what that point is when we get back right here to the Amanda seal show. All right. Keep it locked. The Amanda seal show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda seal show. I'm Amanda seals here. And we are in the middle of a group chat Thursday talking about the, the generation gap. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I was at Hofstra University in Long Island, New York the other day, and I was doing Smart, Funny and Black. And part of Smart, Funny and Black is we sing like classic records, particularly like right. 90s, 80s. Right. So mm-hmm. we were singing songs like Week. You know, we're singing songs like Make Them Say Uh. We're singing songs like um, what's another song? Oh, we did That Thing from Lauren Hill. Okay. When I tell you all these kids looked at me, I basically did make them say, uh, for myself. I did it for myself <laughs> because they were looking at me just like, what is this? That what might is be this? good for them. Cause they're like 2000s babies. I mean, it like came out 2000s. in 98, 99, but nah. Also we're in New York. It's a lot. Like maybe oh, if we were okay. in the South, it, it could have flown, but they was like, why are you rapping so fast? Cause it's mystical. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Anyways, but this conversation came up when we were um, you know, between breaks and our engineer Supreme made a really good point where he was saying that, you know, the reason why this generation doesn't really know the older music like we did, our parents, my generation, Gen Z, mm-hmm. is because you can't really play our music for kids. Yeah. <laughs> like I grew up listening to Motown and listening to, mm-hmm. you know, so- 70s soul and listening to reggae from Bob Marley because it was all kid friendly. But right. you're not driving around with your kid in the back seat playing slop on my knob, like corn on the cop. Like you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that one. So they missed out. On a way they to let me drop off. <laughs> I do Are feel they- like you you seem to have a bit of a handle. Why do you feel like you know about like 90s R&B and hip hop? Uh, I think specifically because I have older brothers and like our age gap is so like different. So like even like my my friends who are like my same age, some things that I know about, they don't know about. And I realize a lot of them are like older, older siblings versus younger siblings. I'm like, oh, that makes a difference. Like movies I know, songs I know. It's like, oh, because I have brothers who are literally almost like my oldest brother is like nine years older than me. So he's like an 80s kid. So, yeah. Right. And your brother would play stuff in front of you and not mm-hmm. give a dang. Well, your your parents aren't yeah. going to do that. Well, your parents are like <laughs> hella religious anyway. So they're like, we fall down. Um, no, not even really. My parents didn't even like that. My mom like loves like Whitney Houston. I think we talk about Whitney Houston, Jeffrey Osborne, Peebo, all of those. So like and R&B my, heavy though. Yeah. And my dad like But Bob they wasn't Marley. into hip hop. Nah, that's more so like my, my brother. It's just the hip hop of it all. All right, y'all. Well, what do y'all think? One eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. Was the music of the eighties and nineties just so raunchy that our kids they're not gonna learn it? They got to discover it. Is is that what it is? Because honestly, I mean, when I'm singing these songs, I am like, oh my god, these lyrics. But it was a time. It was a time. Uh, well, let's talk about what's going on when we get back with uh, the TVs and the movies and all that because that was its own thing outside of the music. So we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here. We're in the middle of a group chat Thursday talking about this whole culture gap with the generations, right? Right. Now we've been talking about music, mm-hmm. but I also think there's a very big culture gap when it comes to TV and film because. Definitely. For instance, like the fact that like you seem to think for some bizarre reason that brown sugar is overrated. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> and I think I recall you also saying something similar about love and basketball. No, the people said about love and basketball. I don't think that okay. personally. The people have, have okay. said that on the internet. <laughs> but brown sugar, um, you know, it's a little, it's okay. It's mid. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I think honestly... So we talk a lot about how like Gen Z has a sense of entitlement, sense of entitlement, even like millennials as well. And I mm-hmm. genuinely feel like 
y'all were so used to their just being black stuff that you didn't really understand how big a deal it was for us to get romantic comedies like Brown right. Sugar, like Love and Bath. Love and Bath wasn't really a comedy, but it had like romance and it wasn't mm-hmm. romance related to like death. You know, it wasn't like right. we got to love each other because <laughs> I'm in a gang. You know, we got it's to love each other because my, my brother's in a gang. We got to love each other because we live in a neighborhood with gangs. Like, it mm-hmm. was just like, yeah, we play basketball. Love, and love I love it. how people are like, Quincy was the worst. This wasn't even a love story. And I'm like, what relationships are y'all in? That's what they be saying. Actually, yeah. Yes. And I'm like, it's a movie. And movies the best ones to me depict like real scenarios. And this is Mm -hmm. a very accurate depiction of a young man who is a star athlete in Mm -hmm. college. This is an accurate depiction of an old man who are former athletes in college. Like none of this is far-fetched, but people want a fantasy. Do you feel like there are any shows that are like quintessential to culture that you feel like this generation just like has to know? Like if y'all don't know a different world, if this generation doesn't know a different Mm -hmm. world, we're scrapping. This generation (laughs) should know Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They should know Martin. Like these are just like three shows that you should just honestly have under your belt. Now, then we can branch out to Family Matters. Okay. Okay. The Cosby Show. I mean, I the only reason I left the Cosby Show off is because like it's just hard to find it at this point. Um, but I think that it, it, in if it were available, it is a show that like people need to know because historically it was so impactful in what it did for representation of Black people at the time that it was on air. Right. Um, and you also see like I guess the the residue of it like in other shows now, like I think like Blackish is very much given Cosby and yes. like its format. Yes, I mean, all these shows, even like the Carmichael show, um, mm-hmm. you know, when Kanye Barris did Black AF, like they're right. all they're all borrowing from that format, right? And for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, these white shows, Everybody Loves huh. Raymond, <laughs> Tool Time, you know, these shows are all kind of coming from the, the actual format and framing of the Cosby show. So I think everybody should know those shows. Also, while you're at it, my, why not learn about the show that I was on, My Brother and Me, the first black family show on yes. Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Iconic. There's actually well, a whole documentary about like just like how Nickelodeon really was like black when they first came out. Oh. <laughs> I was like, about my brother, right? Uh, oh, no. I, well, I, I think you're part of it, though, yeah. I am? Well, the show. I don't know, not you particularly, but the show. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. But I do think that in the effort of closing this chasm, closing mm-hmm. this gap, yeah. it's not going to just be the younger folks learning about the older things. It's about the older people also trying to understand or at least give space for the new mm-hmm. innovations. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talked earlier this week about schools looking to embrace chat GPT and figure out how to build it into curriculum, that's an example of that, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's reaching back yeah. and, and, and literally like building a bridge. So that's what we got to focus on y'all. We cannot let this continue to be a problem because we also need unity to fight the bigger fight that's mm-hmm. coming at us. It's the Amanda Seal Show. We got more group chat Thursday right here, so don't go anywhere. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals. It's a group chat Thursday, so that means we got to get y'all calling us. We got to get in the chat, get you in the chat. Who's on the line? Hi, Amanda. I've been listening to your show for a while. Awesome. Um, and I just wanted to say that I so appreciate you for just 
I don't know. I feel like you've just kind of guided me through life and given me so much great advice. I'm 24 and I'm a nurse uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm currently in nurse practitioner school. You're the first thing I listen to when I wake up and I love how you continue to just bring black people together and keep them educated. I appreciate you and Jeremiah like the Bible. All right, guys, have a great day. Thank you so much and congratulations yes. on uh, Nurse Practitioner School stepping it up, stepping it into a whole new phase of things. 24, vo- 24 and focused. Can't say that there aren't the sisters out here being 24 and focused. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm. right. You know, some some of the young people are old souls. Our EP is laughing she, right now. Do you um, think she'll date somebody who, who can only pay the light bill? You know, I think that that might be her future. That might be the situation because according to Tyler Perry, you know, mm-hmm. the, the brothers can't get jobs better than the women, uh, which is a complete fallacy. Um, but nonetheless, you know, go check out a Tyler Perry movie. All right. Keep it locked right here. The Amanda Seals Show. We'll be right back. Group Chat Thursday continues. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. We've been talking on group chat Thursday about a bunch of different Mm -hmm. things. We actually talked about Tyler Perry's statement that he made about the fact that, you know, if women meet a man that doesn't make as much money as them, uh, you should still date him if he's going to hold down the household. I completely agree Mm -hmm. with that. I just think that he's directing it to the wrong folks. But I also feel like this is a man who directed a project where he put a braid wig on Shamar Moore. Um, That is true. That is true. So... Can we take his direction? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I I do. I do. I do. Um, (laughs) Want to shout out all my DC people. Join me uh, for the next DC screening of my political comedy documentary in Amanda. We trust it's going down at the 2023 Because They're Funny Comedy Festival on the Wharf, uh, October 7th. Okay, October 7th. It's going to be a screening. I'm also going to do a Q and A. We're also going to do political trivia. I'll be telling some jokes. It's going to be a really great time. So uh, make sure that you go to at Because They're Funny uh, or you can go to Because They're Funny dot com and get your tickets. But uh, we will be I know a lot of people did not know about the screening happening in D.C. Uh, a couple weeks ago. So here's another opportunity to come on out and get it. And if you get your tickets now, you get an early bird discount. Okay, you get an early bird discount. So make sure you go and get your tickets. All right. Uh, Jeremiah, what do we have coming up this hour? We're going to keep the group chat Thursday going. This hour's group chat is about divorce. Does it mean you fail? You know, there's so many celebrity couples who have come out this week talking about their separating. Even in the podcast, Small Doses episode this week is actually side effects of divorce with Bambi. Um, So we're going to get into that, talking about the lessons you learn in relationships. Also, this hour, I'm going to give out a seal show superlative with most likely to. All right. So we got all that coming at you right here on the Amanda Seal Show. So you know what to do. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, it's the Amanda Seals Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals. It's Group Chat Thursday, and it's a lot of of separations Mm -hmm. going on. Unfortunately, we've reported quite a few divorces in the past few weeks, right? Divorces Mm -hmm. and breakups. Um, Hey, really? Right. Okay, so Bambi, 
from Love and Hip Hop is on this week's episode of Small Doses Podcast. The visuals mm-hmm. actually premiere today on YouTube at Amanda Seals TV. Would love to see y'all go over there and check it out. She's talking about her divorce from Little Scrappy, a.k.a. Daryl mm-hmm. Richardson. Um, <laughs> <the> government. <laughs> well, that's what's on the divorce papers. Uh, <laughs> then uh, we have... Um, who else? Uh, Tiana Taylor Jeez. and Iman Shumpert. Yep, they announced they their divorce. Um... Jeezy and Jeannie Mai, they ah damn right. Jeezy and Jeannie Mai, uh, Tay Diggs and his wow. and his woman uh, April. Wait, who? What? Ariana Grande, who's in I guess a secret marriage because I didn't know she was even married. Filed for divorce that came out like a day and a half ago. Oh, I could have called that with a cordless phone because she married that man after <laughs> knowing him for like a very short amount of time, if memory serves yeah. me correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot, but. The question is this. Does divorce mean that you failed? No. Because I know that a lot of people, that's where they kind of land at. This mm-hmm. feeling like, damn, um, this was supposed to last forever. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. And now what? And I just got to say, as someone who has not been divorced, um, but who also just separated from my long-term partner who I, I absolutely thought was going to be my life partner. Um, Mm -hmm. of course that's when people in your group start telling you, I mean, I always knew it was temporary and you'd be like, why, (laughs) (laughs) why y'all coming with that now? And it's not even just like your, your homegirls. It'd be dudes too. Like, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to last. You'd be like, really, bruh? Um, long story short, But in short, this case, though, it's kind of similar though, because when you have, even if you don't get married, long-term partnership kind of feels like we're, we're moving as if we're a unit. Like it is a marriage for the most part. So similar to a divorce deal. <laughs> just Listen, paperwork. did I have to take him out of my will? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I have to, you know, use, I have to pay to do that. Like you're, you know, there, oh, there was a legal that. binding there that had been, that is now no longer there, which I'd be like, what's wrong with you? I really don't know. You was in wills. Okay. You was with a woman that had a will that lets you know where she on. Okay. Got wills. Listen, you was with somebody that had a will. That means she was willing. Okay. <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, I feel like, I feel like in the past I I would have taken it as a failure, mm-hmm. except I knew that I put in everything that I could. And I just wonder for those of y'all out there who have gone through a divorce or who are going through a divorce, you know, what is it that, um, you landed at when you got mm-hmm. out of the divorce that helped you move forward? Because the other part of it is like not getting bitter. And I think it can be very, very easy when something that you gave everything to doesn't succeed. You can definitely form a hardened shell and a Mm -hmm. bitterness that makes you say, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do this again. Or I I don't see this for myself again. And you know what? There's a version of that that's fine. But I feel like there's also something that ends up coming along with that that ends up harming you. Like you saying, like, I don't want to be in this situation again is one thing. But you being like, I'm never going to let love in again. That's another thing. Because it's fear that's driving you. You know, it's like about the podcast that you did with um, Bambi. Like, I feel like in the podcast, she felt very light. She didn't feel... Like I've divorced and now I'm like hard and I hate everybody. I hate Scrappy. It's kind of like, you know what? It happened, but I know I have joy on the other side of this still. And that's what's important to me. 
And I want to talk when we get back about why she felt that way and why I felt that way and why I feel like the people that I know that also have gone through this, uh, you know, a separation have felt that way too. So keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Yes, y'all, it's a group chat Thursday right here at the Amanda Seal Show. I am Amanda Seals and uh, we've been talking about divorce mm-hmm. and kind of like how do you come out the other side of a long-term relationship or a marriage and still feel hopeful right and not Mm -hmm. feel heavy Uh, we have bambi from love and hip-hop on the small doses podcast this week talking about her divorce from scrappy and jeremiah said something that i agree with which was that she felt very light in the conversation it didn't feel like she was brooding or ruminating in just the frustration of something not working out Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of the reason is because one she also and i share the same sentiment in my own breakup she said that she feels like she gave Everything that she could. That's <laughs> all you could do. That's all you could so do. So once you do that, like there's there's a version of that where you can be like really just frustrated at the fact that you gave everything you could and it didn't matter. But mm-hmm. then you're now basically just delusional because you know you don't have control <laughs> over another person. <laughs> That's true. You can't control what nobody else does. All you can do is control what you bring to the table and how you react to the things um, and the scenarios that you put in with that person. That's all you can do. And and I said this on my Instagram the other day, but ultimately, like every relationship is an opportunity to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. a relationship, a friendship relationship, every interaction really is an opportunity mm-hmm. to learn. And so, a lot of times, though, I feel like we don't acknowledge the lesson as being so valuable. Um, But this whole life is just a consistent series of lessons and chaos and crises. The good Mm -hmm. parts are the ones that like you figure out, but the the life itself is consistently management Um, and being able to like know when you've messed up and take accountability for when you mess up, et cetera. Like Mm -hmm. that also plays a part in being able to walk away from something with a, with a clean conscience. Like, you know what you was doing in there. You know, Which is why, you know, so often I've had the person come back at some point mm. and be like, yeah, I just want to say, you know, my fault for all of that. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they necessarily even changed, but they uh, definitely had a, a moment of lucidity where they're like, yeah, I was definitely on one. I mean, I've had that myself, right? Where right, I've had right. to be like, hmm. Let me revisit that. That wasn't the best. You weren't Mm -hmm. showing up in your best self. But I want to just say that if you're listening, divorce is only failure. If you saw the issue, knew what you knew, you were a part of the issue Mm -hmm. and actively avoided making actions towards the issue. That's That's the only way it's a failure. And that means it's a failure for you as a Mm -hmm. person because you failed to give your best self to a scenario. Right, right. And anytime you do that, it's a failure, not just in the context of divorce. That's why I love what Tiana said about um, her and Iman. Because I feel like there's too many, I think there's a realization too, some people have to have is that you can also like a person, but that doesn't mean you guys are good in partnership together. (laughs) Um, And I feel like with her post, she kind of made about her and Iman. It's like, I still love this man. Obviously, we don't know what happened with their actual um, marriage, but she's like, we still are a family. We still have community with each other because we have kids together. together. Yeah. But some people, even with that, they're like, we divorced. I don't know people who have parents who only talk via email. (laughs) So the fact that they can still communicate and be in community, I think that's lovely, too. It's lovely. I mean, the real effort is always, to me, just like, how do we 
bring joy to our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and if anyone is not, if you're working, living, vibing closely with somebody and they're mm-hmm. not actively trying to figure out how to bring joy to your space and you're not actively trying to figure out how to bring joy to their space, it's mm-hmm. eventually going to crumble. Because that mindset is how you have to wake up every day, particularly in a world that's filled with such mendacity and horror and terror. You got to wake up every day and look at that person. And Chris Rock talks about this in his stand up. And he says, you got to ask yourself, now, what am I going to do today to make this bear happy? (laughs) Lessons from Chris Rock. Lessons from Chris Rock. Uh, But anyways, shout out to everybody out there who's going through it. Hopefully you have support, uh, whether it's personal or, uh, you know, a therapist, etc. But uh, when we get back, we are going to talk about just how the public relationships in this type of scenario work out. Because, boy, oh, boy, that's a doozy. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals here on a group chat Thursday. We've been talking about divorce. Mm-hmm. So many people getting divorces and breaking up. And, mm-hmm. um... You know, we're talking about public relationships, right? Like there's, of course, I've actually witnessed this within my own like personal friendship group, but the public relationships, I mean, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I literally would always like, so anytime I said to myself like, oh, I don't know if this is going to last because that would happen over the course of our relationship. I would be like, I don't Mm -hmm. know about this. I would say Mm -hmm. to myself like, man, and I got to tell the internet because you know, (laughs) right. You know you're gonna have to deal with the flipping, with the flipping internet. You know that, People and know. it's scary. This internet, this public, you know, out, outward facing person, like it's scary. I mean, mm-hmm. Tim Scott is having <laughs> is Tim's being got. harassed about his not having a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Which just a side man. note, like you see, that's your people you chose. That's who you chose. Them your people. Them people will not let this man rest. Why you don't got a girlfriend? So much so that he just made up a girlfriend and literally sat on a stage and said, I do have a significant other. She's a beautiful Christian woman. Y'all, where's where's the picture? I need to see some type of picture from her christening, you know, from her quinceanera. I, I need to see some type of picture. Is there a senior photo? Like, where can we see her? Nonetheless, the the whole public thing is crazy. That's why, like, when people have go on reality shows with their relationships, I'm like, God, Ooh. you committed in a whole other way. But part of it, too, I think is just like, okay, there are two sides of people. There are people who you're a public figure and you have your relationship. So by proxy, obviously, you're not go- you don't want to hide the person you're with. But then there's some people who exploit their relationship for the fame of it all, for like their own liking. Um, but then people Name buy into it. Um, I mean, I think you said like with the reality shows, I think a lot of people go on like the reality show. Some of them I'm like, okay, you just here. Like you were just with somebody else. This is like a green card marriage. You just got this person. (laughs) You just got this person. You was with somebody else last week. Is this even real? Versus there are some people you see like, okay, we think of um, relationships like Remy and um, Papoos who like on Love and Hip Hop, but we know like they have a history, a true like um, love. So we kind of see it in the forefront. He held her down when she was in the bing, y'all. That's real love. So we're Let me say something. Now. Remy Martin stopped talking to me. We were friends, and she stopped talking to me because I asked Papoose to do a verse on a mixtape. Oh, did he do the verse? No, he did not. I didn't even know that this was a problem. I didn't know there there was an issue with this. I thought this was pretty normal fare. Uh, you rap, I rap. Can you do a verse on a mixtape? Yeah, we're cool now. But that was like a thing. Um, okay. But go on. 
Well, no, I think that when we're invested in like certain relationships too, to your point, now the internet want to know like what happened. Like I think with the Tiana and Iman, people like really liked them. They had their own reality show where we kind of like were into the relationship. So now yeah. we got, we, we, we won't answer this when y'all are like, well, we're not together no more, but thank y'all for watching. I mean, but it's just kind of weird to like want answers. I mean, like on Tay Diggs page, on his Instagram page, it is unbelievable <laughs> how folks are on this man's head. Where's April? I mean, it's like they have a proverbial gun in the comments, like to his head, like where April at? Why she ain't doing the videos? We really liked her. I loved y'all together. That's the other part for y'all. I need y'all to understand when y'all say I really liked y'all together. You didn't know us. That's true. That's true. You liked what you saw. You liked what we showed. And mm-hmm. that's fair. You know? You liked what we showed. It's like even like I mean, like just even being on Insecure. It was like, why can't like what's the deal with y'all? And it's like mm-hmm. you're seeing a very limited mm-hmm. amount of like these people's interaction. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. no idea the full scope of these individuals, of their personalities, of their mm-hmm. histories. I mean, a lot of times we end a relationship finding that out at the same time as y'all. So I mean, There's that's that. the tricky thing with parasocial relationships. Like you said, we only see what, like in real life, your real friends, you see like usually the ins and outs of their relationship to the most part. You don't know everyone's full of stuff. But with like celebrities, you see the pictures, the travel photos, us dancing to our favorite song. But you don't know we pissed each other out before we did this. So I made a point with this relationship to really share it with my friends. Um, okay. To really like be like to, to talk about things and like not mm-hmm. just be in my head about it and um I feel like it was really good that I did that because it really allowed me to not make brash decisions and impulse decisions that I would have then that's gone important. back on and you know you don't want to have to go back on the decision because that's mm-hmm. really frustrating right because that also mm-hmm. like wears down the relationship in another way and I feel like because I was able to talk to real friends and just have that in my corner man it just changed the outcome of my response to all of this so the other part of that is we talked earlier about having a circle get your circle that it don't part. got to be a lot of people but you can't get a circle unless you give to the circle and that's the part i think i missed out in that conversation you will not get a circle if you don't give into the circle mm-hmm. there has to be a shared vulnerability all right i did a lot of talking i feel like i made my points uh we'll be right back with most likely to keep it locked the amanda seal show we up we up we up It's time for the word of the day. This is a word I feel like I've heard a lot in um, legal circles. The word is Mm -hmm. injunction. Okay. To file an injunction, what would Annalise Keaton say is an injunction? (laughs) Um, I mean, I know it's like about filing of something. Like you file an injunction. When I hear injunction, I think of like something like that stopping something. So like it's a court proceeding to like, we go stop this from happening. No. Kind of, sort of. I mean, that can be okay. one of the ways an injunction is used. So basically, mm-hmm. an injunction is uh, an order that is filed that can either say something has to happen or that something uh, shouldn't happen. But it's basically uh, like an okay. action item. Okay. 
It's an action item. Um, I feel like a filibuster kind of like we. It sounds we like that because in, injunct. <laughs> I don't know. Injunct feels <laughs> feels mm-hmm. like something in the way. Um, but you know, because con means conjunction means together. So uh-huh. in. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure what the prefix in means, but I know that's you know that's where my head goes. Uh, what do we got going on? Where are we going? Where are our heads going in the group chat Thursday of it all this hour? Well, you got to hit us with an I be knowing because you be knowing stuff and people want to know what you know. Also, we're going to mm-hmm. take some more calls. Plus, we got 60 second headlines. Even though it's group chat Thursday, you still got to know what's going on in the world. Got to do it. Got to do it. All right. So you know what it is. Keep it luck right here. The Amanda Seal Show. Want to shout out all of my D.C. people. Okay. My D.C. people. I'm going to be out in Washington, D.C. October 7th at the Because They're Funny Festival. I'll be screening in Amanda We Trust, doing a Q&A and also doing some stand-up and political trivia. You can win some free prizes. Also get an opportunity to ask me questions. And I think it's really going to be a dope event. This is a festival that was created by the same uh, black husband and wife duo that created the American Black Film Festival. So they're now starting a comedy festival. It's going down on the wharf in D.C. and you can get your tickets at becausetheyrefunny.com. So hopefully I will see you all out there on October 7th uh, in D.C. D.C. Y'all know you're my people. Okay, y'all know you're my people. So we're going to be out there having a good old time, a good old black time. So come on out to the show. And if you haven't supported In Amanda We Trust, uh, this is your opportunity to do so. All right. We'll be right back with more for you right here at the Amanda Seal Show. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on something because I do be knowing. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals. And uh, it's time for another edition of I Be So I be knowing Tamika Mallory. She is the uh, founder and head of Until Freedom, which is an organizing activist group that travels around the country to bring support to different communities, different causes um, that also goes to the White House to help force legislation and policy that uh, seeks to uplift and protect black communities. Um, She also was on my podcast, Small Doses, two weeks ago, Side Effects of Woke, uh, which was a really great episode. Uh, She's somebody who I met uh, because we were both working with a... um, a black girls nonprofit. This is back in like 2006. It was in Philadelphia. And I, like Tamika was somebody that like the minute I met her, she was sis. She was fam. So, you know, Tamika though is not her own. She is not the only leader out here, of course, but she is very visible. And right now she's in Kentucky with Until Freedom and they're working to really rally people, canvassing, getting folks in the know about the fact that Daniel Cameron, the attorney general of Kentucky, who chose not to bring charges against the officers who uh, murdered Breonna Taylor, he is running for governor of Kentucky. I also got to remember that uh, Mitch McConnell is the senator in Kentucky. Uh, and I think Daniel Cameron married someone in Mitch McConnell's family. Like there's a whole thing. And Daniel Cameron is a white man wearing a black suit. Okay. He's wearing a black man's skin suit. Um, There are death threats being sent to uh, Tamika since she has arrived there. People are calling around to hotels, asking if she's staying there and sending death threats her way. And so they were asking for donations to help properly secure them while in Kentucky. I sent my donation. Any amount counts. The I be knowing today, though, is about the fact that we have to protect the people trying to protect us. 
Now, I know that we are in this world now where it's like everyone feels like something is a grift. You know, with Black Lives Matter, they successfully got a lot of people convinced that the concept of the Black Lives Matter movement was a grift, right? That Black Lives Matter organizations are grifts. And it's not to say that there aren't scenarios where uh, nonprofit organizations are shading and, and are absolutely like exploiting folks. But the reality is that for the most part, many of them are not. And you can actually see the work that they're doing and be able to decide if you want to support it or not. Tamika Mallory is one of many people out here who have made it their business to put their bodies, their time, their lives on the line for the goal of seeing change for the people. And when we talk about change, we mean change that uplifts, that provides resources for, that protects, change that challenges the status quo that is trying and working so hard every day to stay in place here in America. And that's a white supremacist status quo. She has a target on her back because she's one of those people. And I really feel like we have to start really grasping the fact that we have to start protecting folks. We love to say things like protect someone at all costs and, you know, give them their flowers. But it's getting very real again. We saw so many civil rights leaders assassinated during the 50s and 60s. So many were attempted to be assassinated. Shirley Chisholm had like 50 11 assassination attempts, y'all, when she was running for president, simply because she was a black woman running for president. So I just want to alert everybody to the fact that these are not like unfounded concerns. These are not like silly whims when you hear Tamika saying things like, yo, we really do need to ramp up our security and our protection. And when you see people in your community who are in leadership doing this, the men who were at the forefront of the Ferguson uprising were systematically all taken out. Found with a bullet in their head in a car somebody at their house, etc. You think that's coincidence? No. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we are once again entering into these very real times where there are real threats against the people who are trying to protect the people. And whatever you have that you can to support that, I say, consider bringing it. Right here, it's the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Let's take it to the phone lines. Amanda, this is Neo. I just heard a comment about um, the police being recorded saying that the life was valuable. I wish we stopped expecting more from these police officers. Their whole job is literally formulated in the grips and terrors of being bigots and racist and um, upholding laws that were not meant to benefit us or really mm-hmm. be for the public safety. Like, I just, I hate when people put, like, it's, it's a shame, but it's not shocking to hear cops talk like this. They act mm-hmm. like nuisances. <laughs> nuisances <laughs> within our community. Like, this is this is just real. This is honesty. This is taking the mask off. This is stop acting like you have like the greater good in mind most i feel like um it's a it's a shame and it's unfortunate and but Mm -hmm. we need some type of police reform we need um and you know how far can reform go when like literally they're upholding a whole system that is prejudiced and um not for the benefit of black and brown people but there needs to be some type 
some better screening or when these people take these jobs as police officers, it needs to be more, you know, background checks, mental health screening, something. Because I feel like a lot of these people in these uniforms are bad crazy. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. They're lunatics. They're racist. They're bigots. They have a chip on their shoulder that the badge lets them and act on and it's really about being a, a point of authority and not really upholding the law or protecting anybody on the streets. So love the show girl. Just had to put my sense in. I appreciate you, sis. <laughs> she said, love the show, girl. I love when they go yeah. off and they be like, but love the show. Yeah, <laughs> love the show, though. No, she really, she was on it, though. You know, yeah. the other part of it, though, is I really feel like they be liking when they crazy. Oh. Like, that's the, I, I feel like they look for that. You know, it's kind of like Zara in New York. Like, I feel like they look for you to be stank <laughs> when they hire you. They're like, we don't want nobody here who's going to be nice to customers. That's not that's not what we're about. <laughs> we so, talked about somebody earlier this week. I can't remember what story it was, but like it was a police chief. I think that said like something that wasn't like the police job or something. And I'm like, I'm really curious because what police the, think their the job Because the police is. in Alabama who tased the, the drum, the um, who tased the band leader mm-hmm. for not stopping playing mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they told him to. Right. I'm just curious, like, how they, how do they feel like, oh, this is, I want to relate in their head, like, my job is to do this in, in the community, because I feel like it's not in alignment with what we think they should be doing. So I'm always just curious about that. I mean, I get the idea that their job is, in their minds, mm-hmm. to basically suppress that's what I get from a lot of like police officers, you know, that mm. we are like, okay, so I'll put it this way. Sometimes I feel like I'm being managed. Like if I'm on a job, mm. if I'm working somewhere and I feel like I'm being managed, I feel some type of way because it's like, I'm a grown person. Like, just tell me mm. what something is and I can, I can handle it. But mm. a lot of times like people will try and like corral you, you know, or like not mm. be honest or like try and muscle something. And it's like, you're a child. And I feel like police act like, we are all just like dumb kids who they need to like keep in order or keep in control mm. to keep society functioning. And the truth is, is that they're the ones that are out of order and out of control. <laughs> right. They're the nuisances, as she said. Well, when we have all of these protests, they're peaceful until they show up. Mm-hmm. Every time, it. without fail, every single time, without fail, the protest is peaceful until these folks show up. And then what happens is it turns into, oh my God, look at these folks protesting. How dare they? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm at a loss. Um, you know, when she was saying like she feels like there should be, you know, reform. I don't think there's right. such a thing. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. All right, it's time to head on out of here, y'all. Hope everybody enjoyed this group chat Thursday. We talked about a lot of stuff, man. We ran the gamut. Run it down for them, Jeremiah. Well, in the wake of so many unfortunate divorces announcements in Hollywood, we talked about does divorce mean failure? And what does it mean, you know, post-breakup? How do you move on with that? Also, the gen- the generation gap with music and pop culture. <laughs> we had a fun break with that. We talked about some of our favorite things growing up, some of our favorite songs from past generations. Mm-hmm. Also, Tyler Perry had a message for the women who make more money than their partner. 
Benjamin Peter Lightfield. Let him Peter Lightfield in peace. <laughs> you hear this with I be knowing about protecting our black leaders. And I hit you with a still short superlative. And we gave you 60 second headlines. So it was a full, robust group chat Thursday. All the above. You know what to do. If you miss any of the show, you can go to wherever you get your podcasts. Check that out. You can also check out the latest episode of my podcast, Small Doses. This week, we talked about divorce with Bambi from Love & Hip Hop. She shared her story about her and Scrappy. And I was very honored because she specifically hit me up directly and said, I want to share my story, but I want to make sure to do it on a sophisticated platform. And I, that's what I think Small Doses is. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, yes. Okay. Okay, we looking real cute these days on Small Doses. So if you haven't checked out my podcast, Small Doses, make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcast and you can see the visuals on YouTube, Amanda Seals TV. All right, uh, remember, we will be here tomorrow with a fun day Friday, all of the good news all day long. So make sure you check it out. Remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we look each other up. Peace. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up.